thank you for joining us on The Skeptic Sidekick, where we delve into ancient societies, the ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, all looking at it from the perspective of the true believer and from the skeptic perspective. Joining me, my partner, my co-host, my sibling, Kimber Rodriguez. Myself, I am Richard Gregg. And again, let's look into being the skeptic psychic. Hello, and thank you once again for coming to us on this wonderful, wonderful day before and the Super Bowl, everybody. Woohoo, yippee, hooray. Yeah, right. To another episode of the Skeptic Sidekick. With me, as always, my bright, intelligent, well versed, favorite sibling of mine, Kimber Rodriguez. Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So, what's your week been looking like? It has been extremely busy. Extremely busy, uh. Um, yes, my week has been extremely busy. I have been working my butt off. Um, Just all the fun things that go into work. Da, 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 da. But it's not even summertime blues, so. Right? We're more like the wintertime blues. Yeah. And so, as you mentioned, we are doing this today on the Super Bowl. So, hopefully, we can have people who are paying attention and watching instead of watching the pregame show. Actually, we're going to be talking about the city of brotherly love. Yes, we're talking about the birthplace of our of our wonderful country, aka Philadelphia, and the ghosts that haunt there. Yes, um, part of our haunted America season. Hey, Shelley, thank you for joining us again this week. We are going to be talking about, as you mentioned, the birthplace of America as part of our Haunted America series. We'll be talking about Philadelphia. And it was first inhabited by the Lenape people yes. and founded in 1682 by William Penn, who was a Scottish Quaker. Um, he combined the two words phila, filio and adelphos, which literally means brotherly love. So city in the spirit of, of brotherly love. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. City of brotherly love. But in the spirit of being Valentine's Day tomorrow, we thought it would be fun to talk about love in a sense of, you know, that whole camaraderie, which we should all have for each other, that brotherly love. Right. With a twist. <laughs> With a twist. I mean, when William Penn first started uh, Philadelphia, he meant it as being a broad uh, sense of brotherly love and that no man could tell another person what to believe or, or religious practices. So, it, you know, so that's the reason why he called it Philadelphia. Yes. And during the American Revolution, it was the site of first and second Continental Congresses. Um, after the revolution, it was chosen to be the capital of the United States for about 10 years. Now, speaking of wars, one of the places that I would really love to get into sometime, sorry, ADD rant, uh, we need to talk about Gettysburg someday. Just mental note. 
Yes. Um, but it did remain the financial center of the country even after the shift in the nation's capital. Now, if I remember back to American history in high school, wasn't the reason that it was no longer the capital was because of a fire that broke out? Uh, Am I remembering that correctly? I kind of sort of uh, remember it. Uh, one, it was a fire. Two, it was the fact of they wanted a neutral ground uh, for the uh, the seat of government to where it didn't have, you know, its own district pretty much, you know, so that way it, it would not be influenced by everybody else. It's from my understanding of why uh, Philadelphia was uh, was moved as being the uh, the heart of our of our country to Washington D.C. Okay. I know that uh, that uh, it, you know if anybody's got any uh, idea on that, we'll be more than happy to uh, take suggestions, likes, gripes, and everything you want to say <laughs> on the. Uh, uh, yes. On the subject, but we're not here to talk about our, uh, our U.S. history and how the uh, founding fathers wrote the Constitution and independence. All no, we're talking about today. We're going to talk about uh, the ghosts that roam the uh, wonderful halls of independence. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, that the the spirits of. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, who wonders the uh, the library that he helped establish. We're going to be talking about, uh, you know, a little uh, hit type situation uh, that uh, bet you didn't know that uh, the uh, the first recorded serial killer, H. H. Holmes, was actually uh, tried for for. Uh, for mail fraud as insurance fraud, I'm sorry, uh, insurance fraud, yeah, insurance fraud, uh, with a Mr. Pfizer, where he would kill it. Uh, he supposedly reported it, Mr. Pfizer dead, and they were supposed to run off with the money. However, they caught Mr. Pfizer and Mr. Holmes, uh, with Mr. Pfizer being well, not dead, and uh, so H.H. Holmes was, uh, sentenced to be hung however in philadelphia in philadelphia however fate had other plans for him and uh mr holmes escaped went to chicago became a hotelier and we all know where that uh, happened after that yes he created the murder castle which is another story for another day exactly um, so. but it did um have a staggering amount of firsts in its history. It was, like you said, where the declaration was signed and written. It had its first World Fair in 1876. And it was the first to see a lending library, the first hospital, the first university, art museum, zoo, and the first computer. Um, yes. Also the first... Um, and of course, everybody knows it because of Rocky Balboa and his iconic movie. Yeah, I could just forget you later. Spaghetti. You got some candy over yes. there, honey? Yo, Adrian. And him he took his, for his morning run up the steps of the art museum there in Philadelphia. 
Um, and as you said, not only is it a place for the living, but it is a place where the souls tend to come out and play as well. These are, I mean, there, there's so much history in Philadelphia that there's no way it could not be haunted. Um, as you mentioned, we had the first um, capital there. We had the country pretty much started there with the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. Um, ben Franklin, who was one of the greatest inventors in history, um, lived and died in Philadelphia. And numerous ghost tours uh, do take place here, including the Grim Philly. Also, the Spirits of the 76 Ghost Tour. And there is the Ghost Tours of Philadelphia. There is Laurel Hill Cemetery that holds candlelit tours and Halloween shows booked up in advance. Um, so if you are a person who loves history and you love the paranormal, this is a great place in order for you to check out to find some of those things. Right. Now, one of the... Uh, Philadelphia also holds as being one of the uh, top uh, haunted buildings uh, in America, namely the Eastern State Penitentiary. Ooh. Yes. For one of the laws, places I've always wanted to go. Broken concrete, uh, cracked walls, and just, you can feel the purgatory of the prisoners being trapped there uh most of the time uh there uh, there is uh an area uh where where there was a water bath where inmates were ducked in and uh left to dry during the winter time so that way their uh the ice would form and freeze on their skin as well as their hair Yes, this is a place that has been really talked about a lot in paranormal shows. Um, one of the most famous was the incident that happened in Ghost Hunters. Um, I think also Kindred Spirits, I think, went there. I'm not sure. Um, but that's one place that I've always been intrigued about and wanted to go. They do hold a haunted prison type theme thing. And I know that some of the people who have attended this event, as well as those who have worked this event, have claimed being touched, hearing voices, being pinched, pulled, uh, poked. Um, so, yeah, well, uh, it's, it's definitely somewhere I'd are, love to check out. Right. There are three places that uh, are most haunted in that place. Basically, we've got Soblock 4, I believe. Five and six are both most haunted. I'm sorry, 12, uh, four and six. 12 is known for echoing voices. Six is known for his shadowy figures. And, uh, and number four has the ghostly faces. Many stories include footsteps, wails, whispers. Uh, the staff right now that run the location as being a haunted attraction uh, have felt chills, seen apparitions, and heard the odd sounds every once in a while. Perhaps we're looking at a, you know the skeptic imagination, or, oh. or uh, souls themselves have actually just kind of are uh, being tortured. 
Yes, um, I definitely think there is some kind of energy there because of the people that were there, the things that happened to these people. Um, as we've talked about on other shows about how people who are in prison, they they tend to feel like they don't deserve redemption. So the theory is a lot of them don't feel like they have a place to move on to or they're scared of where they may go. So they tend to linger. Um, if you do look at it from a skeptic point of view, it could be, you know, it is a very drafty place. It is an old place. So it could be just playing tricks on our minds, being in that kind of environment. There is, like I said, a lot of the winds that can blow through. Um, the shadows could be caused by different things. The light playing with your eyes, different things like that. Well, Shelly's got a question over here. She's like, wonder what keeps the types separated? Shadows in one half, voices in another. I think it has to do with the fact of how the spirits view themselves uh, in their purgatory, you know. Voices seem to uh, be shouting that we're here, we're here, where's the light, as opposed to the visual are, are trying to show up that we're, you know, here I am, boo. Yeah, and it could be, it could be also they're reliving their their lives when they were alive. If you think about it, if you were in this cell your entire life, um, I would think that in death, your spirit would still feel confined to that one area. So it wouldn't right. really feel like it was free to walk around to different areas, if right. that kind of makes sense. Yeah, no escape. But, uh, I'm here forever. Uh, like the warden, you always say, you're going to be here forever, forever. So maybe that's what they believe, that they're there yeah. forever. That's very, um, very possible. <laughs> <laughs> see um now on a more joyous note we also have the spirit of benjamin franklin um oh, as yes. i mentioned before uh, one of our greatest inventors of all time um we have a lot of things in this life that we can thank from him and he has been seen exiting his statue at the american philosophical library and he seems to dance down the street of the historic district um, some say he also wanders the library carrying books, maybe still doing research for some inventions he never got to complete. They also say he steals po people's pocket change too. Come on. <laughs> this is true. Um, he is known to haunt the, the Christ church burial ground where his body was laid to rest. And they do say that he does steal people's change here at the cemetery but then not only does he steal it but he throws it back at you so it seems like uh mr franklin was a bit of a prankster and a joker in life excuse me about um, that oh so, no that's fine yes so um there have also been reports that betsy ross haunts the house that she lived in with her family and she's been known to be heard weeping for her lost husband and children um so that's another place <laughs> <laughs> from yes. uh from our wonderful uh, peanut gallery shelly responds ben keep the change franklin there you go that makes sense yes it's all about um, the benjamins isn't it shelly 
Um, another interesting note, Alexander Hamilton, who's really popular right now with the whole musical that came out, he died in 1791 and he left a lot of debts that fell to his wife and children. Um, he was the first to establish the American First National Bank. And with the guilt of these debts that he had, he's known to haunt that where that bank used to be, the building. Um, and he's been seen roaming through the corridors. And it was closed for about 30 years, but they did remodel and reopen it. However, it's not open to the public, so that's not a place that people can actually go and um, check out. However, there are still reports of Hamilton roaming still there in the halls. Now, they did try to do a blessing on the building, but, well, I guess it didn't take because for some reason he still seems to linger and uh, go along his business there like he was still alive. Right, and uh, just down the road uh, from Philadelphia is a fort by the name of Fort Mifflin. It was the site of the greatest uh, bombardment during the American Revolution. With the British forces firing more than 10,000, can you say 10,000 cannonballs at the fort? Mm. Now, that's a lot of cannonballs even back then. Right. And... Um. Uh, Hundreds of uh, prisoners, as well as uh, soldiers, soldiers, were locked in prisons beneath to solely die from starvation and disease. Yes. A couple of these uh, known ghosts, uh, one is considered the faceless man, and the other one is a screaming woman. Yes. They do offer candlelit ghost tours. Um, yet experiences have been reported happening throughout the day and night, and these including disembodied voices, orbs of life. Um, Forbes can be seen standing in the doorways, and you can also smell the scent of bread uh, baking or wood burning has been reported. Visitors have also seen people cleaning their guns that aren't there, and they've been pushed and pulled by phantom hands. Again, uh, going with the screaming woman, you can hear her screams ringing out any time, whether it be day or night. Well, there is a theory that the faceless man may be, I would say, a unopportune deserter by the name of William H. Howe, uh, who was actually hung at the court for desertion. And the story goes that uh, he had contacted dysentery, and when his regiment's tent burned down, he left the regiment to, uh, to go to Washington, D.C. for treatment. Doctors there sent him home to recover for two months. As he didn't report back to his unit, his rolling officer came to look for him. Now, according to historical records, the officer in charge had three men with him when they arrived at Howe's house. Drunker than Cooter Smith. And at midnight, mind you, to bring him back. However, Howe, seeing three guys showing up and making loud noises and Immediately thought, oh my gosh, you know, this was during the American Revolution, and there were times where the uh, civilian that were loyal to the British weren't too kind to the revolutionaries, so he picked up his gun and fired two shots to scare him off. Now, 
the two shots he shot both directly struck the uh, the officer who eventually died from his wounds. So when they drug him back and charged him uh, for desertion, it was sort of to make an example of, of him. He was still suffering from dysentery, still almost uh, invalid. And his thing was like, I never deliberately meant to shoot anybody, just to shoot to us. Uh, to ward off. How was marched to the gallows after the verdict of guilty, and they placed a bag over his head, which is why his apparition appears to be faceless and his and hung, meaning his neck has been snapped. Uh, William Howe, not really considered to be an evil specter, but rather that of a man who lost his life to injustice. Yes. There's also the ghost of Gumblethorpe, a former summer home of the Worcester family. This was turned to British General James Agnew's war office during the Battle of Germantown. Agnew, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm not too good at, at names. I apologize. <laughs> um, this general was fatally wounded in battle and taken back to the manor where he bled to death in the parlor. Now, it is said that his blood stains the wooden floor, and also a black mist is seen rising from the stain. Painful moans can also be heard coming from the room. Now, if that's not bad enough, the Worcester family also was living at the home during the yellow fever epidemic. And the family reported seeing their housemaid, Justina, in their bedroom one night even though she was supposed to be staying at another par uh, property they owned at the time. Next morning, they were made known that Justina had passed away in the night during, uh, I'm sorry, because of the yellow fever. And her ghost can still be seen on the grounds as well. Um, so I don't know if maybe she was coming back to say, hey, boss, I can't come to work tomorrow. I'm dead. You know, you never know. Yes. Just letting you know. I'm dead. Have a good one. I gotta go back. Uh, I gotta go back to Pearly Gates. Yes. Sorry, I can't leave a two weeks notice. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's, at least it's better than today. Today they just text in and say, "Hey, boss, I quit. Not coming to work." So right. <laughs> at least she she made a chance to do a physical appearance. All right. <laughs> of some or and, a ethereal uh, appearance. Have you ever heard the story of Elizabeth Physic? I have not. Yeah, she was uh, her husband, Dr. Philip Physic, was the father of the American surgery and creator of the first carbonated soda in the United States. Interesting. Basically, his wife had a severe opium addiction, and uh, he divorced her in order to avoid the embarrassment of you know, the whispers of his wife being under the vapors, as they would like to say these days. Her spirit uh, can be seen standing outside of the house next to the tree, which he had cut down shortly before her death, gazing at the home she had been banished from. Yeah, sadly, opium was a big problem um, back in the time. Poe had a, an opium addiction, as well as several others. Um, some of our greatest people in history suffered from opium addiction or, you know, did some kind of opium. And it was kind of the thing back then, kind of like, 
I don't know, like kind of like cocaine today, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really sad that that they went through that at that time and that she lost everything because of her demons. Let's see. Another eerie spot that you can visit is Mashulu, which is the world's biggest and oldest four-mast sailing ship still in waters. Now, this was docked and is serving now as a riverfront restaurant and bar. But during her active years, 28 people are known to have died at sea while on board. She was called the fastest cargo ship in the world and was even pillaged by the Nazis. The unearned staff often hear murmurs and whispers of ghosts telling secrets and sounds of historical laughter, as well as witnessing the antics of the lantern ghost who leaves lanterns burning on a table before empl- employees arrive, even though they were all extinguished before closing the night before. So to me, he seems like he's pretty helpful. He makes sure that, you know, the lights are on for everybody when they get there. And, right, right. You, know. you could never tell, you know, basically I've turned off all the lights. Great, wonderful. Oh, by the way, I forgot my keys. There's a lamp lit. See, I found my keys. I turn off the light. Next morning, come in, you know, it's you maybe get around there, maybe five, six o'clock in the morning, you know, and boom, there's another lamp light for you. Make sure that you can see, you don't stop over or the uh, the ghost cats. Well, yeah, and I mean, who wants to go around and light all the little lanterns on the tables every morning? I mean, he's he's just trying to be helpful. I know. Be, be friendly. Right. Another hard to shift is the cruiser, uh, the USS Olympia, which was launched in 1892. The oldest steel warship still float in the world. The Olympia is now stationed at the Independent Seaport Museum. It once spotted the honor of bringing home one unknown soldier in 1921 to rest in the famous Tomb of the Unknowns established to honor 117 Americans that were killed during World War I. It's been spotted hosting shadowy figures, visitors being touched by unseen hands, and reports of unexplained voices, especially in the area where the crew slept in their hammocks. One of the most famous of the ghosts is that of the Gunner Johnson, who died during the first firing training exercises held on board. He was crushed by one of the barrels of the large guns. Ooh, being crushed by a gun. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it would be much fun. No. Now, this is interesting. The Philadelphia Zoo holds nearly 1,300 animals, and it also has a paranormal spook or two. Visitors to the grounds can sometimes spot the ghost of a woman in a long white dress. Oh, my goodness. Why are they always wearing white? Because it's more Um, of a fashionable color. I mean, it may be gauzy gray, but like, oh, my gosh, she's wearing a white gown. Yes. Yes. Well, we have a woman in white who haunts the Philadelphia Zoo, and she stands on top of the staircase at the zoo's John Penn house. Also, poltergeist activity takes place in both the treehouse and the Penrose buildings, but nobody seems to know who the woman may be. Now, I'm just wondering how the animals react to this, because I know animals are a lot more sensitive than we are when it comes to otherworldly things. So I'd be interested to see that, to go there and just see how the animals react to this. Like Benjamin Franklin, who we've already said has flown around to the Independence Hall, 
uh, his library, his home, you know, all these things. Benedict Arnold, the tremendous uh, hero to the British, traitor to us, gets around as well. He's been seen in Independence Hall, but also haunts the Powell House, which is basically last Philadelphia mayor who existed under British rule. And the first after the independence was won. The Marquis de Lafayette and Continental Army officers are seen entering the premises, but simply walking up to the front door and passing right through it. Now, some people may have called the Marquis a uh, pirate, maybe a buccaneer, but he did help promote the American Revolution. Uh, it also holds a uh, young, beautiful woman dressed in beige and lavender dress. She's not a woman in white. Beige could be an off-white, you know, it's, it's kind of right. white. But she has lavender, beige and lavender. Okay. When she's seen in the uh, second floor drawing room, she is said to smile graciously and then melt away into the air. Shelly says, I think if he is around, it would be a regret. Didn't he switch sides for his wife? Arnold, yes. That's why when people kind of like change sides or whatever, we call them Benedict Arnolds. He was actually um, tried as a traitor and found guilty and he was put to death. No. No? I could have no, sworn he was, he was not hung. put to death. No, he actually was exiled to England where they praised him as a hero and he died. Uh... Wow. I am sorry. I I could have sworn I remember him hearing that he was put to death. Hmm. I need to go back and look at my old history books. Now, the Ballerie Mansion on Chestnut Hill also has a wide range of reported paranormal activity. They've had incidents where alarms have gone off, been contacting the police, other electrical systems have behaved oddly. There is a room known as the Blue Room where it sits a blue chair, and at least three people have been recorded dying in this room. Just to clarify, I did take a look at this, and he died June 14th, 1801 in London, England. Wow, so, yes, I, I apologize. He, uh, he, uh, the British Major John Andre was the one that was hanged. Oh, okay. And Arnold escaped back to England, where he was considered oh, okay. a uh, hero to the British Empire. And was actually given the, uh, the rank of Brigadier General in the British Army. Interesting. Okay, well, yeah. I apologize. Um, Annual well, pension that... after retired of 360 pounds and a lump sum of over 6,000 pounds over the course of his remaining life. Wow. Well, back to the Bowery Mansion. Um, as I had mentioned, three people had died within two weeks of sitting in that chair. And it now is believed that if you sit in this chair, you will die shortly after. So that's just a little bit of hocus pocus, uh, different superstitions, mumbo jumbo, mumbo -jumbo. Myth, versus real, myth versus reality, um, that sort of thing. Yes. Surprisingly, uh, amongst the ghosts who still live there, one being Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, and he is said to be seen standing next to a large grandfather clock in the dining room. And you can also see phantom cars that drive towards the house and then vanish. So 
That's just a little bit about the Valerie Mansion. There's also the City Town Tavern on 2nd Street, and that dates back to the time of the Founding Fathers. It was a place to go to get beer and a bite to eat. It is now said to contain a slightly stronger spirit. Get it? Quite unquote spirit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and um, this is said to be the form of a bride and her friends who were killed at the tavern back in 1834. The tavern was rebuilt. However, there are reports of moving tables, clinking silverware, and a ghost wearing a wedding gown. Hmm. So another woman in white, mind you. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure how she died or how she was killed, just that she still continues to have her party there at the at the city tavern. Well, there's also take go down the road a bit and talk about the Bishop White House. It is said to be haunted by two men, a woman and a cat. Now, one of the men was a free man. When I say free man, I mean he was a free African American. Okay. And he was a good friend to the bishops. Uh, that lived there until his death in 1793 uh, in a small apartment behind the house. Now, according to the records, John had succumbed to the yellow fever. Before his death, he was treated by a Dr. Benjamin Rush, whose approach to curing yellow fever was feeding the person copious amounts of mercury and draining their blood. Yeah. Mercury is not good for you, boys and girls, and neither is leaching. I'm telling you yes. that right now. It's not good for you. So it's not known whether for certain whether Dr. Rush's treatment uh, helped speed poor John on his way. But his spirit found a new home inside the house upon his death. Visitors still claim that they see the shadow of a man moving from one side of the room to the other. Unlike other shadow people sightings, a.k.a. feeling the fear and the dread and the nauseous, fighting John brings fears of sadness rather than fear. Again, though, leeching was a very, very Common infamous practice. practice. Yes. Um, in fact, I think that's how um, George Washington died. Was I know he had contracted, I think, pneumonia, but I think they tried to leech him to cure him of the pneumonia and i think that if i remember correctly again i could be wrong it's been a while since i've actually looked at my history books but i'm pretty sure that that he actually passed away from the leeching now philadelphia also has its own headless horseman like sleep not to be mistaken for the one in sleepy hollow but this is found on allen's lane and on foggy nights you can see him riding down the streets after dark, carrying his own head. And all we know about him is that he was part of the Revolutionary War. But we don't know who he was or, you know, how he died. So, yeah, be careful if you're out on Allen's Lane at night. And if the fog rolls in, you know, just kind of avert your eyes or if you want to see him. More power to you. Check it out. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of horses, St. Peter's Episcopal Church 
had multiple claims of a horse carriage seen charging across the cemetery lawn. Now, another creepy spot is the nation's oldest continually inhabited residential street of Ephras Alley. Now, over 300 years ago, more than 3,000 people have lived along this tiny street and wide variety of former occupants can be seen fleeting here. Now, there is a legend that a Revolutionary War spy was hanged here and his ghost can be still seen to this day there. Now, a little more about, I don't think you got to go through all of the Bishop House, did you? Uh, Explaining all well, the ghosts that were there, I, I kind of cut you off. It's okay. Uh, back, going back to the Bishop's House, we have Mrs. Boggs, the family cook. She lived directly above the kitchens. After her death, a misty apparition could be seen in the kitchens and on the first floor of their home. The second male is presumed to be Mr. Bishop himself, who passed away at of old age at 85. Many people have claimed to see the ghost staring at the third floor windows with a sad look on his face. More than likely, the fact of 85 being alone and an illness. And then, of course, we've got the cat. There is no history recorded of there ever being a cat in uh, the Bishop White House. The cat is to believe to have been Dr. Rush's, and they do hear, on occasion, some type of cat meowing inside the house during their visit. Being that this house is a museum, no cats allowed. The passersby often report seeing a cat lying in one of the windows. So, no proof that there could have been a cat, but there is a cat. Ghostly apparition cat. Now, I'm wondering if maybe this possibly a cat that was just passing by and maybe got hit by a car or something. And it just kind of lingered there. Mm. Since that was the last place, maybe it, the death was so abrupt that it doesn't realize that it has passed. So right. it just kind of lingers around there. Maybe it finds solace in the people that come and go throughout the house. Now, there's also the Cliveden House, which was the site of a fighting battle during the Battle of Germantown, and it did see many soldiers fall on its grounds. Now, seances performed here have been known to conjure up Samuel Chu Jr., and this was a former residence of the house. Outside of the seance, the property hosts the ghosts of a number of soldiers, as well as a ghost of a headless elderly woman in search of her head. It's thought that she lost her head when the soldier severed it during battle. Oh, my gosh. It kind of reminds me of the golden arm story where the lady's looking for her golden arm and the spirit is going along. Where is my golden arm? I can just picture you hear this ethereal voice. Where is my head? Who took my head? I can't yeah. see without my head. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> now, the General Wayne Inn has also got its interesting ghost stories. Many people have said that they have seen Hessian soldiers, which were hired mercenaries for the British Empire, and the spirit of Edgar Allan Poe, who frequent the inn during his lifetime. And interesting to note, uh, in 1990s, a co-owner murdered his business partner in the office. Soon after, the killer's employee's girlfriend committed suicide there. So, 
doom and gloom at the end. They've actually set it up as a synagogue. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's kind of an odd place for a synagogue to be, something that actually has spirits and ghosts, that sort of thing. But so. these are just some of the stories um, within the city limits. I'm sure there are possibly many more if you also check out the courtyards surrounding it. Right. Poe was a prankster. Yes. yes, he was. Yes, he was. I know it's the fact that so was Benjamin Franklin. I think many of them back in the day were pranksters because if you think about it, there really wasn't a lot to do back in this time. It, they didn't have TV. They didn't have the internet. So they didn't have a lot to do in their time other than mess with each other and prank each other. Well, so we, I think uh, they tend to carry that along. P.T. Barnum was known for his pranks as well yes. as uh, Samuel Leghorn Clemens. So that pranking was a, a big thing back in the day. And it wasn't considered as tasteless as it is these days, people pranking. I mean, yes. you knew you were uh, going to be pranked. You would get to like, yeah, okay, ha, 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 silly me, you know. It's like, ha, ha, you got me. You just wait. I'll get you back sort of thing. Right. Yes. Now, this is just an interesting little story. Back in 2014, reporter Michael Rumbikins did a story for the NBC Philadelphia. This is on their website. January 17th, 2014. And it's the story is titled, A Couple Has Trouble Selling a Slightly Haunted House. Between the mysterious banging doors, the odd noises coming from the basement, and the persistent feeling that someone is standing behind them, homeowners Gregory and Sandy Leeson are thoroughly creeped out by their 113-year-old Victorian. Now, that's something that I would love to have as a Victorian home someday. That's like on my vision board there. Um, if it's haunted, even better. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But they did... Yeah, things got really weird. Uh, there were calls from ghost hunters. An open house attracted a lot of curiosity seekers, but no legitimate buyers. Former resident came out of the woodwork to tell the couple that when he was a kid, he found a human skull in the basement. The same oh, basement goodness. whose door Sandy Leeson's once barricaded because she swore she could hear clicking of a cigarette lighter and then uh, coming from the subterranean depths. Now, they do have a listing on Zillow's site saying slightly haunted nothing serious though it uh, goes on to describe at 3 13 a.m screams the occasional ghastly visage or face if you want to really be uh normal in the bathroom mirror the listing is, has has attracted both local and national media the price for this uh, actual uh, buyer of the four-bedroom home is now the market for $114,000. Any takers? I personally would love to live in a haunted house. I mean, as long as a ghost respects my boundaries, then, yeah, I would be fine living in a haunted house. If it's something malevolent or evil or it just, you know, is determined that I would leave, then, yeah, then we'd have issues. But... If it's just a ghost going about their business and they um, don't mind me being there, then I don't have a problem with them being there either, personally. So so you're going to be like Cartman. Respect my authority. Respect my authority. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Now, Leeson did say that he tried to word his listing with a little sense of humor as he is, and he does work in IT, but he doesn't think it's helped to the marketing. He hasn't really had a lot of interested buyers and what they are getting is a lot of nonsense people. So his wife is, says, I definitely think there is a spirit or ghost in the house just from my own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, like I said, that is someplace, Victorian mansion already up my alley. It's yep. on my vision board. I would love to live in a Victorian mansion someday. Yeah. And it being haunted, it sounds like the ghost isn't too, I mean, yeah, they do hear the lighter and they do hear some wrestling, but it's not like the ghost is threatening them or telling them to get out or anything. So just tell them, hey, I'm trying to sleep. Be quiet. Yeah. Usually they'll listen. <laughs> so I don't know. Listeners, let us know. Would you ever live in a haunted house? Okay. Truth be told, no. That's because I have lived in haunted houses. Well, so have I. But no, I'm I don't want to. I'm still willing to live in a haunted house. <laughs> Not me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Shelly says Shelley she would. would. <laughs> right there, Shelly. I'm, I'm right with you. Like I said, as long as they respect me, I'll respect them. Mm -hmm. So, okay. um, So that's pretty much what we have for the hauntings of Philadelphia. And you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbeam, anywhere you can possibly look for podcasts. We're there. Also YouTube and now Twitch. We, do, we go live on Twitch. So check us out there as well as our Facebook group. And we also like to thank uh, our wonderful commentator on this episode today, Shelly Hubbard. You know we love you. You know exactly who we are. So... Come and you still and listen to us. And you still listen to us. <laughs> yes. But we also ask that you rate us on Apple Podcast. Talking <laughs> maybe not Facebook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and yes. Yes, we love you. But anyway, we do ask our listeners to rate us on Apple Podcast. Our ratings do help us go up so that more people can find us when looking for paranormal shows. I know we like five stars, but we'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> and anything else you'd like to add, Richard? Uh, well, just like to add that uh, hopefully uh, people are enjoying what we're doing here. So, yes. I also like um, to say and just have unpleasant nightmares. Yes, and if you do have any comments, questions, concerns, or you just have any ideas for our show, you can email us at info at skepticpsychic.com or check out our website, skepticpsychic.com. And other than that, pleasant dreams. Oh, and one other thing before we go, we do read the, uh, the comment sections. Uh, a friend of mine by the name of Alan posted that they listened to our previous podcast and said that it's what is the exact wording on that? Do you remember Kim? Um, I can bring it up. Alan Smith. I caught it shortly after the live broadcast, never seen black eyed kids, but I read about an encounter the other day on next door where two kids knocked and went inside. They grabbed the keys and ran out. The neighbor had to change the locks. After your broadcast, I wondered. After the broadcast, a bit of conservative criticism. 
I've never done anything like this, so no experiences here. It seems a bit rough around the edges and, can I say, unprepared because everything appeared to be read off the internet, a live reading off the internet. My suggestion would be more to memorize key basic details and have an outline to go off. It would come off more of a casual conversation between the hosts that way. Keep it up the information and interesting topics. Yes, thank you, Alan, um, for that comment and that constructive criticism. Like I said, we can learn from all that is given to us, and we are working on improving. Um, this is something that's new to both of us, so it's a, a work in progress, but we are interested in sharing our topics and sharing our fascination with the paranormal and looking to improve and get better. And I hope, Alan, if you're listening, I hope we did better this week. Let us know. <laughs> right. And to Shelly, night to you too. Yes. Shelly says it was good, but, but I can't Thursdays. Oh. Well, you can, I always post it a week later, so you can always catch the, the rerun on our Apple Podcasts, or I did post the link on the, the Facebook group as well. She says we have great personality, so it will, will work well for you. Thank you, Shelly. That that means a lot. And good night, sleep tight, and pleasant dreams to you. Yes. Good night, everyone. Pleasant dreams. And, and take care. We'll see. Good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs>